And we haven't even talked about how fintech will create a secondary market. Mm. And that'll be another day, no doubt. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup, episode one hundred and wait. 125B, I guess, because this is the second half of a two-part episode. Um, And so if you haven't heard the first half of this, do the thing and listen to that first, because our guest on the show is the co-founder and president of a fintech company called Ovamba. And Musa Kalenga and I had an incredible conversation with the force of nature that is Viola. And being that she joined us for the last in-studio taping of 2018, we reckoned, let's take as long as we need with the lady. Uh, And we're so glad we did. So without any further ado, we're going to pick up where the last show left off. Enjoy. There is worse happening than is actually reported. Killing of kids in their beds in schools. Raping. um, Harassing people on the street. Yeah. In this day and age, it should be avoidable. It isn't. It isn't just about language. It's about, I think, the last screams of a dying uh, era. Okay. It's horrible to think of this, but as a Zimbabwean who knows how um, profitable chaos can be. Yes, it is. It's a profitable time for some. It always is. Even the United States government, the the economy goes up when there's war, when you now need to make tomahawks and and all sorts of weapons or to um, manage the theater of... Of conflict. Or or build a hydro project. Yeah. Because France's EDF has just signed a Why deal. Why have they shown up there? 1.37 billion US dollars. But they're US not dollars, willing to step um, up and the say these things are wrong. No, no, no. But um, yeah. let's, build a, let's build a hydro project. project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, I mean, it's a great thing. I mean, 65 uh, kilometers away, northeast but of here's the Yawande, thing. Are so. there no Cameroonian engineers or other, quote unquote, African engineers that can band together and do this? Why do that when the EDF can, you know, do it for us and, and, and own 40% of the project in the in the process? And, of course, the Cameroonian state can keep 30% of that project. And, and at what why point, would you do the, that? how much trickles you... down to everybody else? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, the other people involved here, too. I mean, it's the International Finance Corporation uh, apparently is, will also own 30%. And oh. there are at least 11 other development finance institutions. Will and any private citizens yeah. be allowed to buy... Um, shares in this. After four local all, banks, four local commercial banks. Four local commercial banks. There, yeah. uh, uh, but not we're not going to talk about yeah. the Dwala Stock Exchange. Uh, so those are not citizens. Yeah, so <laughs> folks, if you haven't caught my sort of, uh, <laughs> if you haven't caught wind of our tongue-in-cheek um, exchange here, th- those are the facts. Um, you read into everything else, what you might read into it. It's just, um, as someone who comes from a country that has a current turbulent sort of political present and, and certainly a pretty rough recent past mm-hmm. um chaos can be pretty pretty profitable and and it's an asset class yeah, it's an asset class yeah sure. war, war is uh was a security for some it's a sad thing i mean i also just reflect on where zambia is at the moment because we you know we haven't had a war since i don't even know when but we've been colonized nonetheless right yeah. so the example you were giving around uh, the chinese coming in and you know these wonderful acts of uh, of mercy by laying down roads and infrastructure mm. and, and because of the amount of debt that zambia as an example owes to the uh, chinese government yes. they start actually taking over organs of state yeah. as part of one of the default conditions so and that emerges not out of war it just emerges out of uh, out of a lack of diligence yeah. a lack of um, foresight and lack of actually being able to have conversations with uh, the people who are running the asylum need to be the inmates yeah if you think about our continent in some regions and the sad thing is i went to china and thought it was the most fantastic place everything i saw and the people i met yeah wonderful i've come to realize that the governments and their government relationships internationally are not the same as the potential between the human beings person Mm -hmm. to person that's true in the same way, I mean, with Liberia, there's the problem with the literally villages losing their forests to 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 people who come in. Uh, they've struck deals with the government oh, to, yeah. to come log. They put up fences. People are fenced out of you know the forests of their of their childhood and and literally policed mm-hmm. out of their own country. You know, so I mean, there's so many versions of the story in different parts of the continent, and we see we see it happening. And I suppose all this to say, we see you. We see you. I'll just say it for you. It's economic rape. Economic rape, yeah. 
there should be an, another t- type of Me Too movement for the continent's resources. Yeah, yeah sure. So we just come out of a pretty dark part of our show, but um, here's some really great news. Now, this is genuinely Shine great light. news. Gotta be real. Gotta be real. Gotta be real. Listen, congrats to the Cameroonian health tech entrepreneur. Yes, well Melissa done. Bime. Women in STEM. Sorry, is that I love it. Bime? I, I, is it Bime, I think. M-B-I-M-E? It's, uh, it's B-I-M-E. Uh, B-I-M-E. Yeah, I think it's Bime. 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 Yeah, yeah. So Melissa Bime, uh, you've won... Uh, $25,000. Well uh, done, Melissa. That's what the Anzisha prize is worth. That's uh, not a sniff. You know, come around and, and buy us coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, buy, you, you don't know, drink do, coffee. I don't drink coffee. Do us pizza. <laughs> do us, come buy your your, your compatriot uh, coffee and buy me pizza. So proud of her. Yeah. So she's the, the founder of something called Infuse. That's I-N-F-I-U-S-S. It's an online blood bank and digital supply chain solution, which currently ensures that at least 33 local hospitals in Cameroon have timely access to blood. Shout out to you, lady. Shout out to you. And the reason I even mentioned how much they've won, I mean, the Anzisha Prize is for youth. Yeah. This is this is the kind of, I think, investment we need to start to make in our ecosystem early. Yeah. Uh, don't talk to me about $25,000 prizes for startup founders in their 20s and 30s and mm-hmm. Don't talk to me about those those kind of shows. We've said enough on yeah. about this. I think this is an appropriate gesture of goodwill and and encouragement to a young person at the right age. To also, give them, I've got a shout you know, out on the gender front that there are statistics that show that female founders and their management of operational capital is way more efficient huh. than men, young boys, young men of talk their age. Talk about it, talk but about it. I have it. a comment, Musa, yeah. please. I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Yeah. Have you noticed that there are certain subjects that are not taught in our schools. Oh, yeah. I don't know any school curriculum, especially in Francophone Africa, that is teaching people the entrepreneurial application within the sciences or STEM to produce a viable product. You have to respect that. Yeah. Yeah, it just blows yeah. me away. Yeah. No, look, I mean, I, I must agree with you. And I mean, I was also going to give a shout out to Anzisha because, I mean, obviously being close collaboration yes. with mm-hmm. the African Leadership University, which I think is kind of starting to think about that uh, um, that way of problem solving. And it's yeah. a really difficult thing to scale because, I mean, Fred, shout out to you as well. Mm-hmm. Having built the African Leadership Academy, my best experience of understanding how young people get into an ecosystem and start to figure that out from first principles has been the African Leadership Academy. Mm. Um, so when the kids join that environment, as an example, they all elected to a board and you actually serve in a company uh, environment within your schooling tenure. So you attend board meetings, you pay rent, you do all that kind of thing. So this they simulate is, it. This is where our education actually needs to begin. Yeah. How many children have you seen? At least when my mother took us back to Cameroon, mm. there were some children who didn't go to school. Their job was to help their mother on that vegetable uh, garden and take these things to market. Yeah, and get them sold. And bring the money back. Yeah. And they could. Yeah. They did it Us without, entrepreneurship, without replicating that. Yes, I mean, let alone we even can raise the it. level for it. Yeah. Oh, I'm just so no. It's impressed. not. It's not happening on a whole scale, and and let alone when you get to the STEM subjects, as an example. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think um, what's his name, Siswe uh, in Lasana, yeah. has recently started uh, a range of schools called Future Nation, which is starting to try and solve you know those problems, introducing robotics and project based yes. learning and that yes. kind of thing. There's Nova Pioneer, Chinedzi. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they kind of it's starting to get there, but it's by no means. Uh, Main Mainstream, mainstream or wholesale yeah. thinking yet. Yeah. And I think it will adopt and it will adopt well. Absolutely. I know Janet Fofang and Yaoundé has a school. I know a young guy, he's only 19 or 20, Zach Nguangali. He's the son of a friend of mine I went to school with, Michelle. He actually has a school in Kribi where he teaches kids. He's 20. Wow. Janet has, um, she does teaches robotics and, and engineering in Yaoundé. And there are so many people that are doing these things off in silos. I think it's, a, um, it's their last name in Gasa as well. There are people in places. Yeah, doing their thing. Doing their thing. Look, shout out to the runners up of the Anzisha Prize, by well the way. Well done. They're all You winners. guys deserve a shout out to 18-year-old Sierra Leonean um Alhaji Sirajba, whose company produces paper bags and cooking briquettes. Mm-hmm. 21-year-old Ugandan Joanne Nalubega, uh, second runner-up receiving $12,500 for her mosquito repellent soap, mm-hmm. which is incredible. What I would love to see happen now is a lawyer with IP skill donate his time to protect all of their yeah. ideas now. Look at that guy that created the lion repellent product in, was it not Malawi? Where was that young man? It could be Malawi. 
So really? let me let me check. Let me check. Okay. There was a follow up report. That guy made not one penny. Oh. A whole bunch of people went and copied and monetized and have gone running to the bank with it. It's in Kenya. It actually. was in Kenya. So oh, wow. his um, nothing came Richard from Turere. it. That's Richard Turere. Richard Turere. Wow. Yep. So everybody thinks that you're going to come up with a great idea and be the next African Bill Gates yeah. or or Steve Jobs, but there are certain underpinnings that need to be in place. All children from the age of ten need to learn basic law, yeah. along with how to market yourself, yeah. write, sell yourself, IP your sensibilities, and IP sensibilities yeah. is so important. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that's a good challenge to. I think Visa is a sponsor of Anzisha, so Visa Mastercard. 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 They better so get people in there and teach them. Mastercard's so mad right now. They're like, after all that branding, <laughs> after all that support, is just My they, bad. they're talking. They, they remember Visa. The Mastercard Foundation. Sorry. Mastercard yeah. Foundation. <laughs> nah, it's okay. They'll be all right. We'll but Mastercard, Mastercard, <laughs> big boys and girls over there. Cool. So listen, some more great news yes. coming out of the the small West African nation of Benin. Um, following peaceful public sit-ins, Benin has repealed uh, a tax that would have seen them join Uganda and Zambia in surfing that wave, you know, towards uh, taxing well the use done. of social Teach media Tanzania. platforms. Yeah, you are taxing bloggers. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and I mean, Zambia's uh, uh, taxing over-the-top applications like WhatsApp. So anything that's going to allow you to, to anything that's going to allow you to do voice calls, mm-hmm. they're calling it protecting. Mo- oh, they're so wrong. They're so wrong. If they know how much revenue they will make on the back end by allowing people to oh. develop products, services, Tell and it, talk sister. for free. Tell they're it. too lazy to do the hard work Tell around it. developing they're the They're so solutions. foolish. Yeah. When are we going to reduce the age of ministers? No, you're not what they're looking at. They're looking at the sort of short-term tax deficit they'll they'll encounter because mobile telcos will take a dive. And they're not thinking about like the broader implications. Where things fall, yeah. other things rise. Let's get creative. Speaking of Benin, yeah. did you see on the TV? yesterday uh, I think it was the armistice for the 100 years for the end of this oh, second yes, world been war celebrating that and recently. there were various individuals came and uh, contributed their talent and skills to the celebrations and they kept on referring to a, a woman a singer from Benin no, I didn't see this. Was this about it was Angelique Kijo. The guy obviously hadn't done his. No homework. way! Oh, I was Are you annoyed. I was Are you so annoyed. Me? I've seen her live twice. I've seen her live in a wow. small room in Washington D.C. She was. Her voice can sh- shake the walls, really? and there she is performing at one of the most like poignant moments. Someone from moment. Benin. Someone from like Benin. A, a great singer from Benin. Wow. <laughs> Terribly good singer from Benin. You can even Google it and find out, like, even by your, even by Western standards, bloody nerve, by Grammy standards, by whatever standard. Like, she's with Just Stone. She's 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 big time. That's like saying a wonderful lip-shaking, knee-wobbling individual from the southern part of the United States. Oh, Elvis Presley. Well done. I thought you. you, I I genuinely thought you were talking about Beyonce because that's the (laughs) only person from the south I rate. Curling, knee-shaking. Pretty from much, the South. Yeah, pretty so much, I yeah. can't blame them. You really, absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on, the Beyonce, obviously, you know, yeah. honest mistake. Very honest mistake. So. All of them looking exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so listen, heads up. Some investment news now, by the way. Heads up, Lagos um, uh, Novastar Venture. Saw that Novastar Ventures uh, has closed a seventy-two point five million US dollar fund for West African investments. They're all set to set up shop in Nigeria, right there in Lagos. As you know, many of you, uh, they're Nairobi based and they've held a first close of their second venture fund securing, like well I said, done. $72.5 million in commitments. You've got investors on board such as AXA Impact Fund. You've got the CDC Group, <laughs> always in the mix, those Brits. Uh, <laughs> European <laughs> Investment Bank, Dutch Good Growth Fund and FMO. Um, I suppose this is a quick heads up to yeah. the ecosystem. Yes. Money coming your way, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm how'd sure there's more it? where it comes from. Yeah. How'd, how'd, you how'd you get it? I think you need There's, to know someone. It's water, water everywhere. Not a drop to drink. Listen, get your get yourself an expat founder. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> real quick. We're just, not bad, are we? No, 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 no. No, please, you're local. Don't even try that. Don't even try that. You, you're a British born. You're local. So many Camerons say, "Well, you're not really one." No, person, stop it. Like I am. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. What's a What's a passport? What's the passport? So listen, staying with major investment news, South African private equity fund Ethos has announced a 1 billion rand. That's about $69.8 million. I it was just shy of of $70 million. But this is a specific AI fund. Yes. And um, Ethos, historically known for its sort of large buyout funds, um, has been pretty successful lately attracting capital to a number of specialist 
funds, AI being one of them. They've already, by the way, earmarked How at about two-thirds How many African AI companies are there that will qualify for funding but that is earmarked just for that? Very few. Um, I knew someone that was running a process, I forget the name of the company, but they ran a competition about a year back and they were looking for exactly the same thing. African AI companies and they're giving away, I think it was $500,000 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. They had to they had to can the competition because they were just not getting you know enough, enough entry. Um, a, but B, I think there's so much that precedes actual you know, optimization of AI as a concept that needs to be dealt with before you can start be do- doing these grandeur mm-hmm. gestures of giving away. Timing is everything, right? right? Yeah. Look, these it's are, like the Mara phone. Is it the right time? It might be too know. late. It, it might be too late. Yeah. But in this case, I think, again, this is a PE outfit. So they're investing in fairly established, uh, well-run businesses that have, that have a track record. Uh, typically businesses, I'd imagine, who have come out of consulting in this mm, space okay. to create some unique sort of track for themselves at least two thirds of the money that I've talked about is is so going ready. to two companies, uh, Channel VAS and Avertis MedTech Group. These are pretty specialist plays. Um, that, Actually, you know, we may be down. looking it's at. I, I made the down, comment earlier about yeah. looking through the lens the wrong way. It's not that companies set themselves and say, "Oh, when I grow up, I'm going to be an AI company." It's that the technology developed is where it's applied. For example, yeah. let's take uh, Miss Mbimi and her application for yeah. value chain management of blood. Yeah. There are many areas within the healthcare space and and even genetic engineering where I see AI as both a a training module and an ability to to manage other areas for um, scenario development and modeling. Mm. As Africans, we need to try to look as broad as possible instead of at what's immediate. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they're looking for companies that are developing solutions right. versus marketable just sitting there. Marketable solutions. Marketable solutions rather than just sitting there saying, oh, we just make AI things. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, when you think of like a SureSwipe, I mean, we had the CEO of SureSwipe on the show recently. and I mean, they're basically an internal innovation turn startup. Yeah. It was an internal division yeah. at a pretty vanilla flavored profitable sort of enterprise that was servicing the, you know, the medical sort of insurance Probably industry. needed to be removed from that environment yeah. in order for it to... And now it's been spun out. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that whole Stellenbosch vibe, a lot of the innovation in that gets incubated in that ecosystem in the Western Cape is developed in that way when you think yeah. of the likes of Easy Equities or even the likes of a Discovery Insurance. Sure. That's essentially a Zero. brilliant idea that came out of Liberty. You know what I mean? Oh. So, yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, they, and they pitched those ideas to Liberty sure. internally and, and they were like, well, you guys want to do that? Go, off you go. And um, Vitality came out of Momentum. Did Vitality you know came out of Momentum. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and Mobilife, by the way, another innovation, oh, yes. a yeah. former executive of Liberty, again, you know, striking out, partnering with the reinsurer to do something else. So I feel like there's that brand of innovation. Entrepreneurship. There's that brand of innovation that doesn't get enough coverage, you know, on the continent. Mm-hmm. Because again, um, you could question the credentials of, you know, these two companies most of us have never heard, but they've probably been hacking away at it. In the same way, uh, one of our previous guests, um, the, the the guys from, what's it called? Uh, Amazing, uh, the, the Zing Holdings Group, oh. spent many years, a decade plus, I mean, consulting to the banks, you know what I mean, as sort of IT consultants, and only now coming to the fore with an IT, uh, with, a, with a fintech solution that's kind of it's making It's just moves. occurred to me, we've yeah. been throwing a lot of names around, but there's one name I haven't heard mentioned once since we sat down, and I wonder what's going on with them in all of this. Rocket. Oh, Rocket Internet. So we talked about them last week. Uh, I used to view uh, them as the Borg from Star Trek. <laughs> the Borg. Yeah, a rather scary bunch of marauders. So they are, They are. listen, we, we have mixed feelings around here because, uh-huh. I mean, they're trying to spin out Jumia. We discussed this yeah. on the last show. And I sense they subscribe to a VC model okay. that I can't vibe with, which is, mm-hmm. listen, exit profitably without value actually being created yeah. and... You're not invested in the outcome and, you know. You know what VC stands you know, for nowadays? What does At it least stand in my for? Vampiric culture. Oh, my word. Oh, my <laughs> word. <laughs> Valter Capitals. That's also good. That's also good. That's also good. No, no. So, yes. No, no. Uh, Rocket Internet. Um, I mean, we can't hate the progress they've, the, the stuff I they've I admire pushed. it. I would love to have it too. Yeah, but um, there's a lot to, to critique. Let me put it that way. Yeah. A lot to critique. So, listen. Um, a big shout out to the team that recently launched the Africa Digital Asset Framework. Yes, um, indeed. 
It's a, it's a project that seeks to create unified standards for distributed ledger technologies mm-hmm. uh, in Africa and beyond. It's the first open source software platform of its kind that seeks to sort of uh, create transnational standards for digital assets. Uh, all of this in line with Pan-African development objectives. So... Yeah, shout out to them. Uh, the project that is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I see that as something that will have such an umbrella effect on many areas for many decades to come. Yeah. I really hope that their traction runs deep and wide. Yeah, and let's get involved, folks. Yeah. I mean, adaf.io. It's this is not that. like a bunch of this is not like a bunch of thinkers and and innovators that are looking to sort of headline innovation like this is genuinely a crowd they sourced have, initiative yeah, and they and have it an needs organizational impact ecosystem yeah. a setting of standards yeah. now speaking of standards i know it's slightly off yeah. and at what point will we see maybe ai and policy come together to create standards for buildings what i need to encourage everyone to do is to check out the second part of our mini series on digital assets featuring the two leading proponents involved with adaf uh, it's ray's founder and ceo marvin yes. colby mm-hmm. and eos nairobi uh, chief operating officer felix masharia you really need to listen to that show because their aspirations around this platform while it starts with digital assets mm-hmm. and distributed ledger technologies speaks to Everywhere we should and could be collaborating as a continent yes. to develop standards that across the continent allow us to know who's operating at, a, at an appropriate standard exactly. at, on any level. People whether don't we're talking construction, how we're much talking- wealth and revenue is developed by instituting standards. Things last longer. Yeah. Values stay higher longer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We can't go deep into it right now, but there's a lot uh, for you to learn on the series we're currently doing. And of course, a lot to learn from being involved yourself. So head to adaf.io and um, fill yourself in. In the same breath, you know, Binance Uganda has gone live. So congrats to them. But again, as Marvin Colby will tell you, um, without standards, that means a lot to Ugandans, maybe. Without but, standards, we can't have cross-border trade but to and the rest equal of us, right? exchange of sorry of value. Yeah, I mean, we've been working on things like barter tech at Ovamba. Yeah. And how do we, um, even on a virtual basis, exchange value within things that belong in, in um, wanted here, needed there, which are, are two different concepts. Yeah. I'm really excited about what they're doing because I think we'll learn a lot from that. I am that. telling you. So, and, I, and what else I love is like who's who they've enlisted to, you know, to bring it to the fore in launching it, but also who they've enlisted up front. And like you said, you've got big names in, in enterprise. You've got big names in sort of like the emerging sort of blockchain distributed ledger world. You've got big names in terms of academia. You've got lawmakers, policymakers. I'm on the WhatsApp group that anyone can join, join okay. the Telegram. The, the conversations that are happening, the, the the information sharing that is happening in this genre at a level that I'm, I haven't observed in Here's in a radical thought. Yeah. You say you have a Bahamian is in the is involved in this and then, and some Africans, right? Yep. Okay. I was at Wilton Park speaking at a UK, uh, upon the invitation of the UK government, about things that can be done to increase work output in Africa and things around gender diversity. And I made a comment that for a very long time, I've looked at Africans in the diaspora who keep thinking they can make money by creating a chamber of commerce so that they would have an attempt at developing standards, an attempt at regularizing business, and an attempt at finding the right people for you to do business with. And I looked at this and I thought to myself, the presence of technology can do something that is actually far more universal. There is already a trade route in existence. Unfortunately, the slave trade was an ugly thing. But the natural triangle between African-Americans, West Indians, and Africans could stand to be revived on a technology route wow. with blockchain. If Marvin was here listening to you, he would be he losing his mind. I have often thought this, but people say, how can you say that? But they, the first word I hear is slave trade. I say, no, yeah. trade. Yeah. Remove that horrible asset known as us of melanated content yeah. and replace it with information entertainment, uh, origination of content. Remittances. Remittances. <laughs> and we have a a universal trade route that 
already existed and is just being reinstituted in a different way with technology. That's Absolutely. amazing. I love Absolutely. that. Medicine. I mean, yes. I was, we were talking about Medicine, earlier. Medicine, yeah. Medicine, yeah. Learning is across those platforms. Yeah. So. Especially when you start to uh, take a look at what we have in our forests. Hey, <laughs> listen, how's Moringa trending right now? When, I, when we've been having You know it. things have gone when, too when far. When we've been having When it. Moringa is being sold in 7-Elevens as a trace element in something else. That's I nuts, mean, they yeah. will do anything. They did that in Cameroon with something called... Um, Oh, there was some seed from the bush mango. Oh, bueno. Yeah, a Cameroonian by the name of Dr. Julius Oben actually won a PhD for his extraction of one of the few things that will actually cause you to lose weight. You knew things had gone too far when a white guy went and renamed himself Julius Oben and opened a website. And even Dr. Oz and everybody knew about this extraction. Wamba all over again. Oh, it's ha- jungle, we've seen it before. Yeah. That song too. So yeah, I mean, yeah, oh my word. Okay, so look, I guess a lot of reasons to be excited about a platform that would um, get us all collaborating on unified standards mm-hmm. and a framework for economic exchange on a level that we have not seen. Again, A-D-A-F. They're going to bring an ISO standard to close that down because people don't actually realize what standardization can do. You know, yes. You know, if you think about if you think about the industrial era, you know, the people who decided what the proximity of train tracks should be, Mm -hmm. or what the what the you know what the velocity of the circular motion, what the standards for that. Loving it. Who you know the people who decided on that? How how well knock on effect. You you know what I mean? Or the trade resort? Why ships move at certain times of night? Yeah. You know the people who sat down and had that conversation and agreed on it is exactly the same place we find ourselves now with organizations that are having the conversation about standardizing the use of technology like blockchain for the next era of Africa. I mean, it's massive. Dude, even something as basic as the people who decided IR what stuff. color street signs should be. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, the whole it economic... It was that woman that created yeah. the standard road signs that we see today with the icons as they are. It was a woman yeah. that oh, did that. And there's uh, a sticker company out there English somewhere who's just like... Or the person that created the nutritional um, yeah, badge yeah. that you see. All of these things that we take for granted now, yeah. they or need subway to be maps. done. <laughs> subway maps. <laughs> and things that... Yeah. Um, on an epigenetic basis, we are born recognizing them now. Yes. It doesn't take much to have to learn what it means. That's a crazy thought. The fact that I I know what a stop sign is before anyone tells me because it's somehow coded in my genome. Or let me give you another example. There is actually something called the devil's cord that the Catholic Church banned many, many years ago. And every single human being knows it. You'll have to look it up. I think it's, it's not an F flat. I can't remember. But it is the oh. sound that a train whistle makes. You are immediately attuned that this that. is a dangerous sound. It's a warning of danger. And it, it was often used in um, organ fugues when trying to create a certain emotional sense of doom in music. And it was constantly being criticized or removed. And people are afraid of it. The devil's chord. You should read about it. Oh, word. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out. Standardization. The power of standardization. (laughs) Come together, Africa. And and anyone Africa-focused, really, if if you're interested in progress on the continent, and if you you, you have zero cares about where the continent is going, you have to be nuts to not see the economic potential of something of this nature and even the likes of platforms like mm-hmm. Binance who who want to do good business here. Yes. Um, you, you have, you have a vested them. interest in getting policymakers and regulators on our continent on the same page it about means that you what can exchanges build your can and can't do or should do. If you know do. that what you're getting off the shelf in order to create your own solutions will not fail your output because it's standardized. That's right. So let's speed along because we, we do want to have at least 10 minutes to discuss fintech in 2018 yes. and yes. Uh, hype versus reality. Shout out to Econet, doing well, um, uh, well on their way to becoming Zimbabwe's first listed billion dollar revenue business. Is this a unicorn in the making? I think this is a genuine unicorn, not one that's based on sort of uh, valuation yeah. or <laughs> nonsense like Let's that. Let's raise money and fund all the debt and stay yes, out of money. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, no. Shout out to the Econet Group. Really um, well done. doing great. Posted an impressive sort of $122 million profit after tax <laughs> in, the last, the in the last half year. These are the numbers that make us all hopeful. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
So, and that's a massive jump on on last year. Nonetheless, um, in their stable, they have a company called Quesen. Mm-hmm. We'll just we'll sort of touch on that now because they were dubbed sort of the the multi choice killer or the DSTV killer mm-hmm. uh, when they first launched, and um, that hasn't happened two years since launch. Uh, Quesa TV has shut down its subscriptions model. It's cutting off expensive third-party channels. Um, they'll essentially only carry uh, free-to-air religious news and sports oh, channels. Oh, no. Uh, and no longer charge monthly subscriptions. Quesa had the opportunity at the start to be a startup in the space doing things differently, doing doing things that DSTV couldn't do because of its size and scale and right. relationships and, yeah. and all the sort of legacy infrastructure around uh, uh, licensing and all these other things. But they hired the wrong talent, in my opinion, hired the wrong talent, the wrong thinking that looked to replicate a multi-choice when multi-choice isn't even wanting to be multi-choice in the way they've been in the past. And and now really what they're left with is their on-demand services, some of their licenses, apparently word is on the street, they're in question now because, of course, they they had NBA and the NFL, which, of course, on their best days could never take on the English Premier League. No, it never Some will. of the other things that Multichoice has under its massive sort of bouquet of licensing offerings. But, yeah, um, I just thought interesting, interesting to see them flounder where we see star times of you know the chinese star times sort of take on dstv perhaps less direct happy you know what you know content to this is we're going to talk about fintech yeah but in this case this relates yeah once business ecosystems develop you will get natural attrition Mm. as choice comes into the market availability price points and all of those sorts of things we will continue to see uh, all sorts of different exits based on how the market develops yeah yeah Absolutely. So it's probably normal. I've seen think pieces on this where people are like, just leave them alone. They're pivoting. They're figuring it out. And I know that's part of it. I also just happened to know when they first came out, I mean, I was really hopeful that they would take the game to multi-choice in a way that only a startup yeah. plugged into sort of the Econet empire, yeah. like only they could. And it feels like um, a bunch of hiring choices, if I'm if I'm to be honest, have made that uh, a sad reality. You've got the start times of China just approaching things differently, going... Yeah. Multi-choice clearly isn't about the people at the lowest end of the sort of income rung. Mm. And and thriving there, 10 million subscribers later, yeah. DSTV responded to them by creating GoTV mm. as, a, as a sort of brand to, to take them on. And it just as a testament And all of these approach. are available uh, to watch online? So Quesa has an on-demand service. They're partnered with iFlix. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, DSTV has, of course, Showmax, which is, again, their sort of mm. Netflix-esque Offering start times, I'm not sure. Because is the African market doing what's going on everywhere else and, and moving away from um, just sitting in front of a television, having your television go with you? So, again, things are changing. Yes, mobile is a thing. And, I mean, it depends who you ask. You might speak to um, the folks over at Iroko and they'll tell you something mm. else. I mean, That was the name I was trying to remember Iroko. as well. <laughs> Iroko. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. But the, the market is moving to, you know, consuming on mobile and changing our habits. Even Iroko has had to sort of yeah. start to participate in what we call legacy TV or, mm-hmm. you know, sort of cable in order to stay relevant and actually make revenue on their way to the future, mm. which we know is mobile or on demand or whatever it is, you know. But True. but it's not there yet. Radio is a big thing here still. It still is. You and know, even the, the format thing. is, when I heard in the in the Ubers in the last couple of days, it's different from the radio format I hear in other places. The DJ still tells you who's singing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, that's it's really real cute. So, I mean, but radio is huge on the continent. It's yes, it is. still a big deal, uh, as is sort of DSTV. And and what would be required to unseat a multi-choice um, or a DSTV from the dominant position they're in is, I think, very subversive thinking and not trying to take them on head on. You can't, that two decades they have on everybody yes, that's is huge. clearly a lot David more. David and to, Goliath. Absolutely. Meanwhile, I mean, South Africa's Telcom has partnered with Netflix. You will find Netflix on their TV box next year. Synap. You know, so there's that. Um, but what I'd like us to sort of talk about also in, in passing is Econet launching a ride-hailing service called Via, Via Lift. Um, not Uber. Not Uber. There's no Uber in Zimbabwe, but there is Via Lift. Mm-hmm. It's been tested for the past month or so, and it's already, uh, you know, reportedly has 500 drivers on board. My brother's tried it. Mm-hmm. And What's he lives like? in Bulawayo. He says it's great. It's actually quite a thing. Is there such a thing for motorbikes? 
so that whole motto um, yeah, yeah. southern africa southern africa <laughs> it's mostly mostly illegal yeah. to to sort of uh have people on the back have people on the back in some cases they you know, are they are all over parts of cameroon yeah. in a crazy crazy way yes. i've never ridden one i'm afraid of them i've i did it in rwanda three times and then when i read the stats when i was shown the data on like the accidents and stuff i won't be doing that again although it was a hang of a lot of fun back to this genetic coding thing in southern africa yeah. motorbikes are not associated with with safety per se you know when you think about consumer transport it's not a, it doesn't feature in your in your in your consideration set in the same way as i'm sure it features in east africa yeah. or some of those other mm-hmm. areas so. yeah, it's like rebelliousness Correct. actually like yes. your boyfriend rides his motorcycle like you, you can't bring that guy home you know, that kind as of thing. a so definite cultural expression it's very different yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> Exactly, it's very, very different. So shout out to the, to, to Econet. In the well same done. breath, Safaricom also not content to stay in their sort of mobile telco lane. Um, so Econet and, and Safaricom trending in our in our in the segment for that reason. Safaricom, of course, announcing that Impesa, uh, well, they have a partnership between their Impesa product and Western Union. Oh, Western Union. Twenty three million active subscribers. Stay relevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're uh, I don't know, their legacy behemoth, if you ever saw one. Uh, 23 million active subscribers in Kenya will now apparently be able to send and receive money through their Western phones. Western Union are also trying to jump out of their swim lane by getting into um, not so much incubators and hubs. I spoke with a particularly irritating woman from Western Union in the USA, naming no <laughs> names at this point, who, when I spoke to them, I said, at what point are you going to directly fund those of us who fund SMEs, the very ones who are using your services to move money around and she said well we've got um a desk product where you can get tools to help you build business and i not quite the same not quite it was so boring i don't even remember the name of the product but western union does struggle to stay relevant i think they surf that the wave of like legacy infrastructure and that and the power it delivers they take it for granted sometimes yeah they probably do and 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 it's kind of sad that um on some level there's certain businesses that are not likely to be completely disrupted yeah just because of the scale and for the foreseeable future i think do you think like a western union could cease to exist without like serious structural efforts being made to to render what they do I'm trying to 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 remember what else they do. I know we've heard terms like too big to fail in some banks. And and, and I'm one of the fintech founders that thinks banks are never going to go away. They will continue to do certain things. Western Union sort of feels that way. But I don't think that they will enjoy the same, um, the ability to take themselves for granted as a brand or continue to charge their gouging prices, which are not uniform. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's not gotcha. going to be the shift. Same. The yeah. question is in which direction would it shift, and yeah. well, it can't stay. I mean, they can't, can't continue to operate in this form. It yeah. just, that wouldn't make sense. I mean, I used to think Visa and Mastercard were like forever. What, what, well, I mean, no, the opposite. Actually, I thought they'd be gone by now. Oh yeah. Until I started to understand like the what the actually props back. them up. Yeah. What's under the bonnet? What's under <laughs> the bonnet? And to me, a Western Union is just so representative of sort of France's hand in in the structured economic affairs of the world. Yes. In a way that without actually brands, adding additional value. That and yeah, and what it represents as a brand, what it represents as a back end infrastructure, mm-hmm. like to to break that or to democratize it or force it to change in a way that allows true value or force like true value creation in other ways you see if i was a ruler of the world like some of these think themselves i would find myself transitioning to become a curator of the best of the best of some of these um solutions services and innovations and then just continue to fund them in a way that ensures that they truly impact the uh, the ecosystem and infrastructure. And I think that some of these larger groups, as they find their services waning, because they won't really be unseated, but they can become literally the umbrella holder for for curating services and solutions in order to maintain customer right. numbers. I agree, right. which is why I think um, for the foreseeable future, um, you know, purchases of a business like Airtel. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense, you know, even though it's a struggling business and yeah, you, you, you think don't touch on. that. But I mean, um, or an MTN or the, the fundamentals of a, of a, of a, Vodafo- of yeah. a Vodacom over or a Safaricom, you know, in terms of what it's going to contribute to the value creation infrastructure, broadly speaking, yeah. in digital yeah. terms. Like it's going to be nuts. So I see sort of Western Union in that space yeah. only far less perhaps 
willing and necessitated to change in the way, say, an Econet has to sort of think about next year or the next five years yeah. more. You know what I mean? In a, at least that's my sense of it. I they haven't have spoken to run. the folks at Western Union. This is my sense of, you know, when you read their press releases or their rhetoric or you engage with their brand in the world, this doesn't strike me as a brand that senses a need <laughs> to I don't think to they innovate, feel the need to, to stay yeah, in, in I business. totally agree. Yeah. That's my yeah. perception. So listen, um, we have so much more news we'd love to talk about, Weeks but we have it. no time. No time. <laughs> so forget it all. Forget it all. Let's let's talk about what, you know, we, one of the f- key things we wanted to talk to, to Viola about and really just tap her entrench experience and and uh, you know you've got front you've got a front row seat to this fintech business we keep referencing on this show in a way that very few do and so according to the omidya network 70 percent of fintech venture funding in africa has gone to retail payment and consumer credit startups so i'm going to assume they're there or thereabouts in terms of that estimation and so we won't debate that which i would have loved to do but assuming that stat is correct, why that might have been the case this year? B2B is far more expensive to innovate and maintain and is a, a much higher uh, apple on the tree okay. is the first thing. Um, I think also we have a, a copycat tendency on the on the continent that if we see something as a movement that is growing, and it's a good or a bad thing, that's what we will follow. Mm. But um, there is still the idea amongst customer adoption that banks provide you with financial services for your business, but that you've got options for yourself personally. And the wave of fintech innovation coming from the East has sort of dragged itself with it when you look at its impact on what hubs and accelerators are taken in to teach, because you're going to teach what you know and what you have. You asked the question earlier, Mm. yeah, it's very difficult for Avamba to have conversations with investors because this doesn't look like what they think the industry is about. So there's what's real on the surface and there's what is incubating based on the realities of what happens when these startups are either gone or no longer startups. And then you start to have market development and a new set of demands will push a new set of solutions. So I think that the numbers that Amidia, was it Amidia you mentioned? Are right. However, we had a conversation earlier. Who's curating this information? How much of it is actually true? Africa's numbers are notoriously uh, unreported. Yeah. But I think it feels true and correct to me. Yeah. Five years ago, nearly six years ago, every time I Googled African fintech companies, I would see M-Pesa. And I have to admit, we started our business idea as how can we get all of the diaspora to take money that they use for remittances and give to us to invest into their countries and their cities so that they don't have to keep on waiting for uncle whoever to pay them back the money that they sent. This was an idea that was never going to happen. But today, there is some validity to that. The market has changed and moved. Back then, the only company that I knew of that had successfully created uh, as solution as that, like that was a company called um, Homestrings. Do you guys remember Homestrings? No, no, I don't. Google actually. them and take a look. Um, a wonderfully smart guy, um, st- uh, Eric Gishard, ex World Bank, started that, and his company has gone through a number of pivots. But everybody was still viewing things from the standpoint of African send money. Right. How Homestrings is allowing the African diaspora to invest in projects back home. Exactly. Right. And he has a bond. He's a pretty he's pretty unique in that respect. Right. Much larger tickets. It's a bond. Now we've got everybody, and I'm very concerned that the idea that we all subsist on poverty level income, and if you can just take it a little bit further than that, you're a hero. Yeah. We're beginning to see solutions passing down into smaller and smaller micro areas of niches. Yeah. Now, a niche is great. But um, how micro is micro insurance? Where is the fintech runway for ecosystem development to go from having needing a micro solution to a small to a medium to a large? And I always come back to this. And what we need signals, to, yeah, what signals what, each what graduation signals point? Exactly. Mm. We how do, where are we going to find the records that push these solutions? to something standards, bigger. Standards. Standards. <laughs> yeah, again. Standards. How, how do we know we're being ripped off? Yeah. How do we know this is good for our... Well, it's a startup, not a startup anymore. So, so if, yeah. I'm a, if I'm a regulator in the financial services space yeah. in any given country, like how do I know 
that what's being proposed, what's on my desk right now as a proposal to go to market, is valid, is actually good for my for my constituency. And it's not going to become a bubble later on because everybody's doing it all the time. Inflation happens, prices change. It's and not a vulture play. It's not, it's not a preying on people play. who don't who, who clearly don't have the, the financial literacy to to own their financial future. Financial literacy is big. And um, have agency in a yeah. situation. And to make sure that we were talking about interoperability, we have yeah. all of these fintech solutions. Yeah. That I ran into an amazing group when I was at Catapult, which I know you want to talk yes, about, yeah, called Kuzmic. Kuzmic are doing what I was. Uh, we were talking about a couple of minutes ago yeah. with Western Union. How can they curate a, a, a suite of other fintech companies to operate together within their environment for the customers who come to them with financial problems? Yeah. Really, really interesting. Yeah. That um, there will be people that seek to do what funds have done. And I'm now a fund of funds. Yeah. You just get bigger and bigger giants. Yeah, yeah. Um, that could happen. So, so let's talk about catapults. I mean, congratulations! Thank uh, you. Not only have you guys won, uh, you know, recently. Oh, I feel like awarded. we were winners there. The winner who was the winner deserved it. Livingston is an incredible guy. I think he's from. Is he from Zimbabwe? I think he is. Well, Zimbabwe or yeah, so Zimbabwe or Zambia? Yeah, that kind of makes sense yeah. either way, given how the prize this, was five thousand dollars. Okay. Okay, so, and, yeah. Um, it really was aimed So nothing at, money. So that's, like, again, yeah. so, I hate that. Let me just put it I out there. I know you do. Okay, because, I mean, it's taking some of the best minds in our space um, and, and teasing them out to Luxembourg in the case of the Catapult program um, to, I guess, honor their efforts, but yeah. also just recognize them, give them platform, give them, you know, give investors sight on what's happening on the continent. All these good things that everyone says happens at these platforms. But I mean, put your money where your mouth is, mm-hmm. you know, is my thing. But here's my my question, I suppose, in asking about this, because some of these initiatives have genuine intent around manufacturing innovation, right? You you yes. have a lot of sort of commercial, co- corporate, yes, co- corporate interests that are looking to hack innovation in the fintech there space. Is the, so talk um, me about that, you yeah. know, how that works or doesn't work. In I have your, a theory your, that yeah. this is another version of corporate social responsibility. Okay. Get a large company to bring in a few younger, smaller um, innovators, maybe from an emerging market company, have them come over, uh, let them sit at your desk, give them good coffees, uh, sit down, provide training and say, we've helped to grow that ecosystem. I've even run into companies who have a model that is very bizarre, whereby they say, we don't invest in companies. We may or may not take equity from you, but we will... um, take some of our people to sit in your office and help you solve your problems and uh, just develop you. And for us, we say that we've grown value and we add that to our uh, value balance sheet. What? Um, really? wow. wow. Okay, interesting. Wow. So there are, there are strange offshoots that are coming off this. Now, in the case of Catapult, mm-hmm. it was not lost on me that um, Luxembourg, I believe, is a very large center for microfinance institutions. Massive, massive. And capital. Strategically, uh, yeah. I could not fault you or anyone involved in this program for being there just for the geography. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I liked a lot of what I saw there, but the participants in the group were not equally matched. There was one group there, absolutely slick. They've just done a serious A raise. And I think they're based in, in Johannesburg somewhere. Then there was us just about to do a Series A race, but we are five years old. We're a slower growth, um, almost growth stage fintech. Then there were those who haven't raised any revenue whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There were two groups from Luxembourg itself. The, The participants themselves, we, there was no way to use one standard yardstick. For everybody. Yeah. So what so do you the, make of efforts to to harness this? Because there's some people who are who are skeptical of these efforts. They see this as opportunistic. I mean, they see they, are. they see that. Yeah. I mean, aren't you being tapped? Aren't, aren't these vampires like sucking the sort of lifeblood of your? But this IP is where we your, as Africans have to grow up, especially in the fintech space, to be able to understand. What is my role and response in this? I can see with my eyes wide open what this is, what's in it for me. Sure. And don't be afraid to say, what are you going to do for me? Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm either going to lift my skirt or let you bite me, but what's in it for me? Yeah. And we need to have that approach and not be so quick and grateful. Yeah. 
because um, I really liked the catapult course because it did the following. It reminded me of what the basics are because sometimes you grow and you you can't see down where you used to be and you go, I've got to remember what it was like to get through that because I need to retrench, I need to revisit. They did a very good job of that. But I have a real issue with the fact that some VCs, you go to 10 VCs and they'll all give you 10 different pieces of advice on what your pitch should be. Yeah. And how much of this as advice do you take? At what point do you say, I'm sticking to my guns and this is what, how it's going to be and I'm just going to keep on kissing the frogs until I find the frog that wants to kiss me back? And at which point is it is your time better spent on exactly. building your company from a flipping... I mean, you say you're, you're pre-Series A. You're already a business success at many... In this many metrics it. outside so of like the VC. how bad was our pitch fund to yeah. have raised 1.9 million yeah. and you're saying that it's not good enough to win 5,000? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. These, these are my issues. That's why it keeps me... Yeah. Like, yeah. But I think the, the uh, important thing is that mm. you approach... I mean, where it becomes a problem mm. is if you are if you don't have your eyes open about mm-hmm. how you approach these things, right? Yeah, you got to grow up so, real quick. And I, I think back to your point is that some of these exercises you do because... It's it's part of due diligence of paying your school fees, for lack of a yeah. better word. Yeah. And sometimes, and in, in some cases, Love the, how you say the that. upside can't be quantified. Um, and even I suppose your your experience here in, at the Timulukong process, yeah, with Jamlab, yeah, with Jamlab, where you went through it, and in the beginning you were reticent, and you're like, I could be spending, and yes, you could, yeah. but have, after going through it, there was definitely value acquired. Definitely. And the problem is, I think when you get through the entire thing and you feel like you haven't you haven't derived value, but you've actually given up a lot. Yeah. I think that's where the equation is. is I met great people, some I want to do business with. Correct. And I put myself in a space where, as I said, when I was questioned about my uh, Ovamba solution, I said, let me tell you, all of my fantastic colleagues here, if they do their job well, their customers will be mine. I am your ecosystem. I'm your your runway. And then the other thing I realized, I got to meet people like State Street I felt really that we had used our time wisely. Catapult did put together a good group of people to pitch to. Now, on the one hand, we were told, stop pitching like you are trying to get them, trying to close them. Well, why else would I be here? (laughs) Exactly. What are you, what, inspire us with your story. Is that that still what it is? Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that, but I wasn't going to do that. But that's how the winner won. Oh, was it, was it a bit weepy? It was. Weepy. It, was. it really, Shout really, really Livingston. was. But he has a product that is also excellent. Wow. Don't discount Livingston. He's yeah. brilliant. All right. Shout out to you, bro. Yeah, I was very What's proud. This What's this business? We should, oh, we'll look it gosh, up as we why talk. Why is it completely but, So left. I want to, so I, again, your insight has been invaluable. Now I want to talk about what you've seen as the most overly hyped issue or I, something that's like, like a solution, but yep. Let like me tell totally, you what yeah, it give is. Give me a sense. I hope that my answer addresses what it is. But I am absolutely sick and tired of individuals trying to evaluate a fintech solution by its ability to reach last milers. Okay, you mentioned last. Li- like I am sick and tired miles. of this crap. You want Africa's ecosystem to thrive into the fourth industrial revolution and to become viable, self-sustaining, profitable, and a destination for investors. Well, all markets require diversity diversification. Why do we only have to be purely socially impact? Why can't I stand up and say, I'm looking to make a crap load of money? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. We need to get comfortable and uncouple being proud of being poor and ashamed of being rich. Mm. This is nonsense. My solution, as I told somebody, this product's not for everybody. I do not reach last milers. They have a solution. I reach the individuals in the middle whose microfinance institution can't give them a few hundred thousand. Is this is this because the prevailing narrative is hyperscale, hypergrowth? Hyperscale, hypergrowth, and hail the champion of the tiny people. Oh, okay. okay? So then it's and, also like the impact narrative, quote-unquote. You know how we're talking about yeah. the need to pivot and where will people go? There are some NGOs... They won't have a job anymore if people don't stay poor. Let's wow. be honest. They're not interested in no. disrupting themselves. No, 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 not or, in the least. Or, or basically creating a future that won't render them and necessary. And some of these individuals don't actually have any firsthand understanding of our dear continent. I'll give you two examples. Um, 
buying a bunch of stuff in a shop in Maryland and speaking to the woman who was helping me. And she said, my goodness, what is all this stuff for? Well, I happen to have an office in Cameroon where I run a company. Oh my goodness, I love Africa. I can't wait to go. I said, oh, what do you plan to do? I can't wait to feed all those starving poor babies. Wow. I asked, will you be upset if I tell you there's not so many? Voice Yes, I've been saving up a long time. It's reflexive. Now then, let's take a look at how we drink the Kool-Aid, okay? We've got the outside world who feel better about themselves when other people are not doing as well. That's human nature. I'm winning because you're losing. I'm tall because you're a midget. This happens. It's by contrast, all right? Emerging economies, developed economies. So we need these continuums in order to be able to figure out where shifting values are and how markets are put together. But what's going to happen, considering that we've got all of these resources, sun, rain, wind, and everything else, we actually have enough to be the masters of the universe. Yeah, on the continent. It's not convenient for some people. Yeah. And so therefore, they're accidentally conditioned to maintain a status quo on us. Yeah, well, that's why we need systems. We need an economic system. And we need systems. We need standards. And and, and And that's why financial literacy is not such a big deal. Financial literacy, I was just writing this the other day. The minute we create financial literacy with uh, technology and finance to make customers better customers, they become a lower risk. They attract more capital. The entire ecosystem begins to get better if we deal with these fundamentals. Therefore, when you create your fintech solutions, they land on fertile ground. Adoption isn't because I'm desperate, it's I want it. The emotional power of want is way more powerful than need. It's way more powerful. Wow, wow. So let's talk about in that in the same breath then yeah. the, the question of your role as a fintech founder mm-hmm. in building infrastructure. And again, there seems to be this romanticized notion of, you know, you know, we had to build the pipes and deliver the service and, you know what I mean? And that's what investors have a hard time understanding yeah. about us. Yeah. So um, give me a sense of what your perception of that is on the continent and, and where maybe it's milked or sometimes where it's genuinely underappreciated. Yeah, it is. When you walk into a, an open space, an open canvas where there's never been anything before, there's all kinds of nuance that you're not aware of at the outset. And I often say to founders and technology founders, no matter how good your idea, no good battle plan survives contact with the enemy. You will have to pivot because you're not only uh, entering that space, you're creating it as well. Your very presence in it has completely altered reality. I know this is very Star Trekky, yeah. but it's true. <laughs> so we found that for every solution we fixed, we actually found there was another problem that was going to affect that solution's sustainability. If you say that you're going to solve poverty by giving money, and you don't know how much money to give, you need to find a way to measure it. When you measure how much money is being given, you will be able to measure how much money is not repayable. Why isn't this money repayable? Oh my word, I need to create a risk model that explains to me who to invest in, who not to invest in. And if something goes wrong, how do I get wind of it before that happens? Oh, wow. There are these different people behaving very differently. I need to be able to put that in place so that I can keep on lending money. Oh dear. This money's going out on funding transactions. Uh, some people, if I give them more, have never had more money before. How am I going to teach them how to manage this money in a responsible way? And how am I going to remove from them that sense of tribalism that says, I don't want my neighbor to know about Ovamba because then they will have money too. So let me go out and even though I'm getting money from Ovamba, I'm going to also trash Ovamba in the marketplace. Yes, it happens. These are things that are not um, known, admitted to or coded for. We have to do these things. All right. So this customer, we're realizing that logistics and and transportation is really important in the market. How can we make sure that we can fund the purchase of buses, but maintain control of the asset? Oh my word, we're going to have to partner with GPS individuals. Okay, we're f- we need to now need a, we need a new revenue sharing model. How do we do that? Oh wow, this is applicable to this. Hey, didn't know that problem was there. So this continuous concentric movement of solution development accidentally makes you an ecosystem builder. Thing about that is. Basically, all Avamba is doing is making it damn profitable for the second comer in the market. Why is this a good thing for us? Because within the African context, um, being an anomaly is not in your favor. What you need is a movement and a marketplace 
Otherwise, you're just dancing under the disco ball by yourself. It also renders you a good um, acquisition target for a platform player who's Mm -hmm. looking to create a a portfolio of That's the second answer to your previous question about hype and things I don't like. VCs who ask you immediately, what's your exit strategy? Go sit down, dude, or woman. I'm not talking exit strategy with you right now. Now is the time to build. Has it ever occurred to you that the growth trajectory for Africans is longer and slower with deeper roots into value? The same as we are built genetically, we age slower than other people. Yeah, it's a fact. So I can't talk about exit right now. Wow. And I am probably not going to talk about exit for quite some time. Anybody coming to talk to us about that is mistaken. Nobody asks Warren of um, Berkshire Hathaway, what's your exit strategy? He's here for the yeah, I'm here hall. to stay. I am a monolith. Yeah. Why can't I be a monolith? It, it could happen. Yeah. There are so many ways to cut this pie up and there's a lot of pie. It's going to take a lot to eat. As somebody once asked me, what's it like building a Ovamba? You keep on talking about ecostructure, uh, ecosystem and all these things you're doing. Well, it's like um, trying to eat an elephant. You will nibble on its ass one bite at a time. <laughs> That's it. One day we'll get to the trunk. And one time, one day I will eventually get to the trunk. So here's rapid fire because we're totally out of time. But Sorry, guys. You've given such fresh perspective around, um, around fintech, what to be excited about, a lens for assessing value and i'm not saying there isn't value in in what's turning into the utility of sort of solving for payments and we haven't even or... talked about how fintech will create a secondary market mm. and that'll be another day no doubt what do you mean what do you mean by that because um being able to shift debt is when you start to see hypergrowth in market systems right now you can't a, a ba- banks don't sell their debt to somebody else not easily the Douala Stock Exchange, for example, I think in the 10, 12 years it's been there, I think there are no more than seven companies that are traded on there and it's just uh, for debt, but it's not done in any great movement. The ability to exit your position easily does not happen. This is why PE will become really important. Secondary strips of equity are not sold easily. Housing markets where you have the first buyer or seller of a mortgage and then you sell and, and securitize and sell the entire lot... Once we start to see these larger quants of shift and movement into secondary markets and people create arbitrage around that, we will see some serious hyperscale. And all the technology that will need to be built around that, we will need consistent current and electricity to be able to power up all of the engine, both hardware, software, and virtual to make sure that secondary systems and their little pieces of value don't fall off. I love what's going to be happening with Binance and all of these individuals. Mm. These are the markets that will take us into literally the stratosphere yeah because yeah. we don't when, have many secondary markets. And when do you, when you that future you imagine, where, where do you see Ovamba playing in that future? We will own the primary and the secondary market and it will all be digitized. It will be on blockchain. It will be on hardware that we probably designed. Hello, Mara phone. So you're going to be the NASDAQ uh, of the future. It's highly possible. And why not? Yeah. Because you're 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 codifying the the ecosystem in a way. At the very least, we'll be the Dun & Bradstreet of Africa because we have data on what makes customers work and that most people will be incredibly interested to take a look at. Shots fired. Yeah. Bang, bang. Um, There is no need for a credit bureau under these circumstances. What we're looking at is risk. Look how TransUnion. Over it. We've we've jumped over it. Yeah. So listen, rapid fire. Biggest win to date, surveying the ecosystem. What comes to mind when I say biggest win to date for the ecosystem within the context of fintech? These are like one word answers for you. Biggest win to date. For November? For 2018. For the ecosystem. For the ecosystem. Oh, there is increased um, funding coming into the space. That's a big win for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Increased funding. Biggest loss to date for the ecosystem. Missed opportunity maybe 2018. Oh, gosh. Hard to say, but I think that there is definitely something missing from individuals continuing to look at micro strategies. They're missing out on that opportunity. Although there's more funding, it's not happening fast enough. It's just that larger amounts slower. Gotcha. Yeah. Biggest lesson to date, do you think? say a lesson that we learned as an ecosystem or you yourself within the context of helping to run and, and grow Avamba? The biggest lesson I've learned as Avamba is when you raise capital, go raise some more immediately. Mm. I like that. <laughs> okay. Because it yeah. takes longer for us. Yeah. 
What three words sum up what Ovamba and Africa might look and feel like when Ovamba is operating at scale? Three words. When you guys fast, are operate, yeah, fast, accurate, growth. Okay. And how many years are you giving yourselves to get there? To that future of just sort of two to five. Yes. Two to five. What do you make of that, Musa? Putting it in the diary. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. We have to have you on the show. That's what my husband did to me when I did, did the first race, and I said, "I'm starting a company with Marvin." He said, "I'll give you five years," and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. When we raised that first um, 1.3 from GLI, yeah. he just looked at his watch and said, "It's been four years, eleven months, two weeks." Sure. Uh, you were counting. He says, "Yeah, in two weeks' time, you were headed for a temp job." Yeah. <laughs> oh my word! We're good to put the stake in the ground. I think this is a good place as any to put it down. We yeah. so appreciate the time you've made Thanks, to be guys. here, and it's and great. And we wish you well. Everything you guys are doing at Ovamba. Musa Kalenga, my guy. Yes, sir. It's always good, fam. Always good. Thank you for doing this with me, Africa. Thank you for listening. The rest of you outside our continent, we love that you listen to. Get involved with what we're doing here. It's exciting stuff. It is. It's our last for the year, and we thank you for sticking with us. We'll be back. And and don't don't you for one second think we'll leave you untended to over the sort of festive break. You will get great content at least once a week, sometimes even twice a week, all through the festive period. So. So don't you think we're leaving you out for the year? We we have plenty to share and we can't wait to do it. But in the meantime, do take care, Africa.